All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. From WNYC, this is New Tech City, where digital gets personal. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this week, the hype, the excitement, the Apple Watch. But as you know, we don't do gadget reviews here. We do human analysis. So get ready for what the watch could mean, potentially, for our productivity, our brains, and of course, our time. We have one more thing. So why did Apple develop its new watch? Smartphone sales have been going great. The company sold nearly 75 million of them in the last three months of 2014 alone. It was Apple's best quarter ever. What could another gadget possibly do that our phones don't? Well, Wired Magazine, in a really excellent article that's worth checking out, it reports that Apple realized our phones are and I'm quoting here, that our phones are ruining our lives. And so Apple wants to solve our problem with technology with more technology. And using Apple Watch during the day is really about brief interactions. Many of these are just a few seconds long. This is Kevin Lynch, Apple's vice president of technology, speaking at a recent watch announcement. And he was also quoted in that Wired article. I want to read you my favorite quote. He says, people are carrying their phones with them and looking at the screen so much. They want that level of engagement, he says. But then he asks, how do we provide it in a way that's a little more human, a little more in the moment? And he thinks that's the Apple Watch. Well, to help me figure out if the Apple Watch can indeed make us act a little more human, I'm so pleased to have the New York Times tech columnist Farhad Manju with me on the line from San Francisco. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for being here. Okay, so Farhad, you spent a week with the Apple Watch. Can you just sum up how you felt about it, what the experience generally was like? Um, Yeah, actually, it's been more than a week now. I actually still have it on right now. It's been pretty interesting. It's a strange device because it took some time to get used to, and it wasn't obvious at first what it was for, why I really needed it, and why I was putting in so much um, effort to like learn how to use it. But I stuck with it. I mean, it's kind of my job to stick with this stuff. So I stuck <laughs> with it. And then sometime around day four, it started to feel more and more necessary. Basically, the main thing that I think I use it for now is to look at my phone less often, kind of just what Kevin Lynch was saying. Some of us get a lot of notifications from the outside world, uh, you know, email and text messages and tweets and things from work. You know, this stuff just kind of comes at you all the time. And never there's never kind of a break in your day where you're not getting stuff. And I find myself constantly looking at my phone. 
I probably unlock it kind of like hundreds of times a day. Um, so the watch kind of allows you to do that stuff in a more discreet way, in somewhat of a more human way. And, you know, over time, it will probably let me look at my phone maybe once an hour rather than once a minute. Yeah, it was interesting. In your review, you wrote that the buzzing or the tapping didn't really annoy you at all. And in fact, the colleague who you were sitting with didn't even notice that you were checking your wrist. So does the watch just make you appear more present when actually you are just as distracted about what's going on in your digital life? You just don't show it to the person that you're with. Um, it's hard to know what the sort of the, the difference between appearing distracted and actually being distracted. I mean, I think that we're always slightly distracted when we're talking to other people. And I think what matters is that you're not being outwardly rude. And we've come to a point in society where it has unfortunately become okay to be outwardly rude. Like it's okay now you, to, to go to lunch with your colleagues and everyone has their phones out. And, and at some point, one person reaches for their phone and starts looking at it and then everyone does. That is not a bad thing anymore. And perhaps it should be. I mean, I think we can have an argument about whether it should be or not. But yeah. but I think that it might be a better world if you know people were looking at these digital notifications more glancingly. Um, and that's what the watch allows you to do. I mean, you also wrote something that I thought was really funny and I mean, kind of shocking. You wrote, like, to an addict like me, looking at the watch, it's like little hits of methadone, just enough contact with the digital world to whet my appetite. Are you a junkie, Farhad? I mean, I just have to ask. <laughs> um, you know, I can quit anytime. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've all heard that before. It's, it's, but it's a perfectly justifiable kind of addiction, right? Like, I'm a reporter in a newspaper. Like, I need to know what's going on in the world. Um, yeah. And then... I also think that I I sort of derive pleasure and and kind of like meaning from the world with like my interactions with the outside world. Like I just I don't fundamentally think it's a bad thing to be connected to people beyond kind of your immediate space. I think sometimes it's like sort of psychically damaging to kind of constantly worry and be anxious that something may be going on that you need to kind of pay yeah. attention to. And to kind of just know that everything's okay, like having in a weird way, like an everything's okay alarm on your, on your wrist um, is, is like, it's, it's comforting. And that's the reason people carry phones, like to be able to know that they're not needed back at the office immediately. Um, but see, this is the tension that I feel all the time, which is wanting that constant comfort that I know I'm not needed or that, you know, my roof hasn't fallen in at home. And I could see how the watch would provide a constant sort of pat on the head like, you're okay, you're okay. Right. But then I read some of this research, like at Virginia Tech, they found that the presence, just the presence of a mobile device can lower the amount of empathy exchanged between two friends. So like the watch being there, it's almost like it's, I don't know, it, it, that seems way worse than putting your phone in your bag. And Here's another one that I read, a study that said it takes just two seconds for you to lose the thread of what you're working on, and then it can take more than 25 minutes to resume a task after being interrupted. I mean, do you feel that? Um, so I don't feel that the watch interrupts me any more than the phone does, and I think in many instances it interrupts me less and kind of less intensely. So is it better to have no digital device to put the digital device away than it is to have the watch. Perhaps that's the answer. But I don't know if that's really an option for people. 
And even if it is an option, I don't know if it's like what people actually do. You know, I've read lots of studies that suggest that checking our phones for people provides like a, a endorphin hit. You know, it's really hard to kind of get away from that. It's like telling people that the way to get healthier is to just eat better. Some people do it, but a lot of people don't. And, you know, for those people who don't, it might be better to have something that's slightly less distracting. And that's where, you know, technology can help. It's, it's sort of like, instead of reaching for the perfect, you reach for something that's slightly better. In a minute, what you, dear listeners, told us in our New Tech City Apple Watch poll and how the Apple Watch fits into our Bored and Brilliant project. Okay, so remember that? Thousands of you took our week of challenges a little while back to change your tech habits. Would it have gone differently if you had a smartwatch on your wrist? More with Farhad Manju of The New York Times coming up. If you missed last week's show, I tried to see if a supercomputer could make me be more creative, specifically in my kitchen. I tested out software called Chef Watson from IBM. It uses cognitive computing to come up with counterintuitive recipes. And it actually worked. The host of the Sporkful podcast, Dan Pashman, and I were totally flabbergasted when Watson had us do something we just totally would never have thought of on our own. I've never done something like this. This is wow. I've never cooked avocados in a pan. Like that in early in the But as it turns out, the supercomputer wasn't surpassing all human imagination, just mine. Because a whole bunch of you got in touch with cooked avocado recipes that totally won up the computer. We had suggestions for avocado cream chicken, avocado eggs, even avocado tacos for the lucky people of Hoboken, New Jersey. Gary in Indianapolis, you waxed lyrical about the grilled avocado sandwiches served at your local joint. And a listener named Sailor sent us this voice memo about fried avocado that still has me salivating. You buy into this hot, crispy, golden exterior to find a... A really rich, creamy, buttery avocado yumminess inside. One woman even told us how she won her husband's heart with a cooked avocado dish. I've learned my avocado lesson. You humans are just as smart and creative as IBM's Watson. And we have compiled all your creative cooked avocado advice into one beautiful post at newtechcity.org. back. This is New Tech City. I'm your host, Manoush Zamarodi, and I'm talking to Farhad Manju, the New York Times tech columnist, about what the Apple Watch and other wearables, yeah, that annoying term, what they could mean for our brains and how we think. So Farhad, you know, my beef with my smartphone is that it makes those dull moments, you know, when I'm waiting for the subway or waiting to pick up my kids, it makes those moments just like too easy to fill. Instead of letting my mind wander, I tap the screen reflexively. I'm not even looking for anything. And this is what we tackled earlier this year on the show with what we called our Bored and Brilliant Project. Thousands of people in our audience signed up to take a week of challenges where we like played with our smartphone habits to see if we put them down a little more, could we think more creatively? So Farhad, you wrote that the watch made it easier for you not to get sucked into your phone. 
But do you think it can make it easier or harder for us to think deeper thoughts? So what's important to remember about the watch is you need your phone with you. So in those moments where you're alone and you need something to do and you're you're waiting for the subway and in the past you would have reached for your phone, that doesn't make this moment any different. You still reach for your phone. I Uh. still find myself reaching for my phone when I'm like in line at the grocery store or something. Because if sort of given the choice between the two devices, like distracting yourself on the watch and distracting yourself on the phone, the phone is just kind of a much more like intense medium. Like you can just do a lot more. You can feel more sucked into it. And, you know, in those moments, what you want is that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess if you have total self-control, you won't reach for anything and you'll let your mind wander. Um, if you have kind of... Yeah, I don't uh, have that. Yeah. So then, you know, you'll given the choice between the watch and the phone, I think I think most people would just choose the phone. What you could think about is like in the future, if, if the watch can function as a phone, can function without, without the phone nearby, and you only have the watch when you're in those places. Like I don't know yet, but so far with my experience with the watch, it seems like it doesn't offer enough that I could like lose myself in it. And so if I only, if I had only the watch, maybe I would let my mind wander. Now I am kind of a terrible person to ask because I actually disagree with the whole premise. <laughs> like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like moments where my mind wanders and I don't find them they're, what? They're, like inherently But then productive. how do you come up with your like super thoughtful and articulate ideas that you put in your column every week? I they're all based on just looking at the internet a whole bunch. Like I read a lot and when I'm not reading or when I'm not like listening to a podcast or playing a video game or talking to people on Twitter, I don't find those moments to be better. And like it rarely do. You know, like I will sometimes have a great idea in the shower, but that but I don't think that like trying to engineer those moments works for me. Like I mean and people may be different. I you know, I Have can, you tried? I've tried to not look at my phone sure but but then i think of something interesting and then i want to get more information about it and then i look at my phone so the phone is just always a step away and that always is better for me so like it sounds like google glass would be a better fit for you because then you could kind of be doing things and checking at the same time it was were you into google glass i can't remember what you wrote about it um, yeah, I mean, I was totally into the idea of Google Glass. I don't think I would wear, like, I'm also kind of self-conscious and, like, I don't want to wear a computer on my face in public. But Fair if enough. it became, like, socially acceptable to do so, I think, and, you know, that was, like, if that was a good device that allowed me to get the internet streamed to my eyes, I would do that. <laughs> I, like, I don't, I don't really have a, I don't have, like, a moral problem with that. It's, it, my only problem with it is, is technological. So one of the challenges that we gave people was to leave your phone in your pocket while you walk or travel. And that was the challenge that people really, really were into. So many people said that they are continuing to try to do that. The watch must have made this a hell of a lot easier, like to walk and not text, right? I just still think that's cheating, though, right? Because you're not walking and looking. But did you find that you could walk and not look at your phone because you're wearing the watch? Yeah. I mean, I I find that I can, you know, walk, like in the past, like that was a challenge for me, like walking down the street and not looking at my phone was a challenge. And now I can do that. You know, I see why you're saying it's cheating, but it's not the same thing because you only get sort of the inbound and you don't, you don't get to say anything in response. Like it, it's difficult to respond to things. Like you have to do it by voice or some kind of default responses or emoji or something. It doesn't have the bandwidth. So it's not quite the full experience. So maybe it's like half cheating, I would say. 
but but yeah, there are moments all the time where I feel like I don't have to look at my phone. So I have a the bigger iPhone, and one of the problems with it is it's like kind of too big for my pocket. But in the past, that wasn't a problem because I never had it in my pocket, <laughs> and now it's kind of a problem. You need bigger pockets, right? Yeah. So, Farhad, we did a poll of New Tech City listeners this week, and we asked them, here was the question, do you think the Apple Watch could help make technology less intrusive in our daily lives? And the results are still coming in, but about, so far, 78% of a couple hundred people said no. And we actually had a great query from one listener. Paul Slavic tweeted at me. He says, I'm struggling to think of a new technology designed for people that made technology less intrusive. I mean, you're the gadget guy, can you think of any technology that was designed specifically to sort of fade into the background? Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it doesn't seem like it. there would be one. I mean, maybe there is one, but it would be, it would be the exception. Um, you're right. Like technology is not designed to be invisible. They're meant to be kind of part of how you get everything done in your life every day. But I guess I would push back on that and say, like, you know, the point of technology is to improve our lives, not, like, sidetrack us from actually engaging in it, right? Okay. I mean, so- but, I mean, like, you you might be sort of describing engagement a little narrowly if you think that engagement is engaging only with the people around you in, in kind of the quote-unquote real world um, rather than, like, the wider world that you can now engage with through your phone. Like, it is an amazing thing that I can talk to hundreds of people rather than three people, and it might be a better thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say that one is better than the other, but I think they're both engagement. And so... That's fair enough. Yeah, and so if you, th- and if you think about engagement that way, you know, it's not necessarily true that, like, they're sidetracking you. It's just, this is a problem that comes up often in technology. Right now, we have it in a way that's, like, not good enough so that it feels like it's ruining the old way and it may not be, you know, helping you that much. The watch may be a step to improve it slightly. And then we'll see further steps, you know, like we'll see various other kinds of devices that might make technology overall less intrusive and distracting and sort of more in tune with how we want to be. Farad, for me, like I'm already thinking about how I'm going to need to put parameters on my watch use. Like, I need to have rules around my phone use. Like I can see like once I get in that mode of checking, 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 it it spirals. I am one of those people. I mean, what about you? Are you going to put rules around your watch use? <laughs> no, I, I, I really don't think you should get the watch if you're going to have rules around your watch use. Like, I mean, if you feel like you need to look at this device all the time or that you're looking at it is creating problems, then you shouldn't have it. Okay? I mean, and you should just have your phone mm. because – it's going to be very hard to not look at a thing that's like right on your body. It's easier to kind of stop yourself from looking at your phone because you can actually put that away and you don't, you know, have it on you. To have a device on your wrist is to kind of, you know, agree that you're, that it's there and that you're going to use it all the time. I think that's the bargain you make. Farhad Manju of the New York Times, this has been so much fun. Thank you for helping us dig deeper into the Apple Watch. Yeah, thanks so much. This is totally fun. All right. Awesome. Bye, Farhad. Bye-bye. If you've got an early adopter in your life who is buying the Apple Watch, post this episode on Facebook and tag them. Ask them what they think about this discussion. Or if you are getting the watch, we want to know how it goes. 
What happens to your behavior when you've got taptic notifications happening on your wrist nonstop? We're at New Tech City or newtechcity at wnyc.org. Okay, next week, Google's head of human resources. I talked to him about how they got new mothers to stop quitting after maternity leave. Why hiring by getting people to solve a puzzle totally did not work. And why to make Googlers more healthy, they put smaller plates in the cafeterias. People who use smaller plates consume 30% less food and feel just as satisfied. But then they put the big plates back again. Why and what makes people happier at work and what doesn't make people happier at work. That's next week. You can hear the conversation by subscribing to New Tech City so we can hang out again for sure. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Anoush Samarodi. This is New Tech City, and I'll talk to you soon. So the good thing about the Apple Watch is like, you're like, okay, the kids are okay. Like, as I said to Farhad, like, I can know that my roof didn't fall in, except three days after interviewing Farhad, I get this text from my husband. We have a bad leak from the roof. Fire alarms are going off. We need to replace the roof. So actually, my roof did fall in and, um, and my phone let me know. So thank you, phone.